Hello, people. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad you could tune in today and listen to this awesome conversation with a person called Caroline Smith. Uh, She's a local person in the area, which I connected with. And I just want to take a moment just to talk about this concept that we tap into today about functional medicine, essentially, versus conventional medicine. It's a topic that I'm very passionate about. And just guiding that, I think, for me, is this question, which is always part of my conversation around, are we going in the right direction as a species, as an organism? Like, are we, as a culture, society, a big, bigger global species going in the right direction? I think you could definitely come at many angles to this. I always have this conversation with people that actually aren't like me because I think it's really important to take on different viewpoints and not get stuck in your own biases and your own dogma and the rest of it so I do try and have this conversation a lot like are we going in the right direction with health and are we thriving are we moving in that right direction we all know that very popular meme generally on t-shirts when you've got monkey into man from walking on all fours to homo erectus into the modern day human and then the next image is a man going back saying we've gone the wrong way are we going the wrong way and one of the avenues we can explore with this is this conventional medical approach this emergency care this symptom care this disease orientated doctor centered everyone's treated the same system which as in us in this country and in the West, we're a part of. I mean, I've had many guests on that have talked about this. And obviously, I'm going to get people on that I agree with and want to promote like their ways of viewing and their approaches to this medical health wellness world, which we're just essentially trying to thrive. We're trying to be the best version of ourselves. We're going to develop. We're going to try and understand things in our heart and in our minds which are one of the same thing. So functional medicine versus conventional medicine. Now, functional medicine you can see as alternative and holistic, but essentially it's just viewing the body as an organism. And organism gets its word in organization, in origin, and that we are essentially a collection, a structure, an organized system of cells. We are exhibiting organic life within us. And if we're not looking at the organism as a whole, what impacts what, and instead just taking a section, a part, a piece of this organism, studying it to an expert level, and then trying to fix it on its own. I think it's common knowledge now. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast will certainly agree that it's not an effective way to look at the human body. So I want to promote these conversations as it's such a powerful and important conversation to have. And we do need to look at these things in a functional way and not take something and split it apart and then study each thing. It's it's complex, not complicated. I've also had that statement being thrown around a lot on this podcast. I always have this conversation with my friends about chronic diseases. And it seems to me that there are multiple chronic diseases that are on the rise Now we could look at heart disease, we could look at cancer, we could look at essentially non-communicable diseases, which essentially means that it doesn't pass from human to human. These are lifestyle essentially diseases and there's a lot of them that are chronic. You can look at strokes, you can look at diabetes, you can look at Alzheimer's, which is now being linked to be called diabetes type 
three. So what I'm basically saying is now I'm always doing research and learning into these chronic diseases and why they're on the rise and why it is that we spend so much money on healthcare, the healthcare system. So in this country, in America, that is, you know, we we invest so much more money into the healthcare system than we have done in the past. Yet we don't seem to be solving problems. We don't seem to be solving these chronic diseases. So something's amiss here, isn't it? Now, I'm sure this doesn't come as any surprise to you as a listener. Maybe it does. Maybe you want to talk about this further. Maybe just listen to the conversation as we delve into this functional side of medicine. And this generally is around oral health and dental hygiene and trying to reveal to people like the the hidden truths and the, the myths that perhaps we have bought into. Me and Caroline had a conversation when we first met and she talked about the fact that she couldn't carry on just pulling teeth out and and drilling holes and and filling teeth up with metals and it really hit me I was like wow yeah it's probably something I've never really looked at too much but it really is another case of treating the symptom and not the cause and her journey consisted of her having to dive in to all this stuff she mentioned Stephen Lynn who is just a world-renowned functional hygienist and dentist who believes in all this stuff and if you want further reading then then go go to him because he's got some amazing podcasts out there but yeah i don't want to go on too much more i uh, just want to say did you know that teeth are organs i did not i love the analogy that caroline puts out there which you can see your see your teeth as trees and that they are only as healthy as the soil in which they are in which to me now probably sounds quite obvious but at the time I was I was quite surprised that it, it I was surprised by the truth in this so yes I hope you enjoy the conversation and have deciphered some of the things I've said here probably gone on a bit too much but that is okay because I am not selling you anything but my truth and passion this is not a sponsored podcast, so you might get me rambling, but I think that's a small price to pay. Right, now, I hope you enjoy. This conversation is on YouTube. Please head there if you want to watch it. We did this in person on the coast, and it's a lovely backdrop to a great conversation. So head there if you want to watch it. Please subscribe if you do so, and leave me a review on Apple iTunes. And other than that, if you don't want to be bothered to do that, that's okay. I appreciate your time anyway. Thanks very much. All from me and enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Nice. So yeah. So welcome to the podcast, and um, it's great. I'm glad we could meet and connect. To be fair, because I wanted to connect a lot more people in the area. Yeah. And then I kind of put that out there, and then you popped up. There you go. It was meant to be. Yeah. It was meant to be. And yeah. So why don't you tell us about kind of your life growing up and what led you into this work that you're in now? Yeah, of course. So I'm originally from Gateshead, so the other side of the water. And um, 
yeah grew up there with my sister and my mum and my dad so I basically lived there my whole life um, and as a kid uh, I was quite an anxious kid like I had a bit of, you know a few gut issues going on a bit of anxiety like quite hidden anxiety but it was still there um, and then you know as you grow up you kind of like you find your way a little bit and I, I fell into the to the realms of dentistry so I kind of went off to university to become a dental hygiene therapist and I worked in the field for a while and I actually really enjoy treating kids so as a dental therapist um, we do kiddies extractions mm -hmm. <laughs> which is heartbreaking and we do kiddies fillings and you know every time I took a tooth out I, it, it just broke my heart and I was like oh you know what am I am I you know am I educating the parents in the right way I, you know we do a little bit at university about nutrition but it's it, you know it's just a small part and I just thought you know I want to go back to university because I, I want to know the answers so um, yeah <laughs> So I, I joined on a course and it was more kind of a, a like a functional medicine um, nutrition course and I just fell down this rabbit hole of functional medicine. I did not have a clue that it was going to happen but all of a sudden it was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this is much bigger than, oh, you know, finding out a few details to give to parents. This was like eye-opening, kind of jaw-dropping kind of an awakening basically so you know as a profession you know I'm looking in the mouth I'm seeing decay I'm seeing inflammation like there's no other profession probably in the world where you're seeing it you're visually seeing that you know the bleeding or the, the decay in the teeth so um, yeah other than emergencies I guess yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Right. so you're seeing this chronic inflammation and of course in dentistry we're given the support with brushing and cleaning and you know we do give diet and lifestyle advice but for me it was like there was just something I, I just wasn't getting it and I like to understand it if I'm gonna you know pass it on mm -hmm. so you know I, I remember being at university and even when I was doing my top-up degree and, and I'd be like yeah but why does that happen why does that happen and they'd be like well you don't need to know why you just you just need to know it and I was like yeah but why so I then went to study nutrition I was like ah okay the I got all I got all my whys answered because it was like the food that we eat and the way that we eat the food and um, getting those nutrients to to fuel the immune system was then gonna you know protect the teeth and um, give the right nutrition nutrients for the the constitution of the saliva do you know what I mean so it's like oh wow all of the pieces of the puzzle all, all started to come together however <laughs> so halfway down my nutrition journey I started following a lot of practitioners in the field and more functional dentists and one in particular in Australia, Dr. Stephen Lynn. So I reached out to him at the beginning of my nutrition journey and it was, it was really lovely. It was really, actually that email reply back from him was quite influential for me to have the courage to do it. So he was writing a book at the time and when he came to London to launch the book, he was like, oh, why don't you come to London? So me and a couple of fr um, friends who were in this field went to see him and he said, you know, whatever nutrient we are deficient, deficient in you know 
oxygen is the king nutrient so then he started kind of opening my eyes to airway health and how in dentistry we have such an incredible kind of ability to be looking at this airway space we can you know we can see if there's enlarged tonsils going on we can hearing people's voices voices if that you know there might be like adenoid involvement because you can hear the difference in the tone in the voice you can visibly see if people are breathing through their mouth and we know now there's all of this scientific data is you know backing up what um um, what you know yoga practice and breath work has all been saying now it's backing it up and you know as a profession we can look in the mouth and we can say oh you know you don't have that much space you know can you breathe through your nose and these people who are coming through my door sometimes I'm seeing them every three months these are healthy people coming to see me every three months again what other profession in medicine do you actually get to to do that um, so you know now I've got the knowledge I can just impart just even just given that information of you know it's we, we should be breathing through our nose as common practice because the nose is designed to breathe through it filters the air it warms the air it purifies the air otherwise you know the chest and the tonsils are doing the job of that nose and if we're mouth breathing during the day and passing over during the night that is going to cause you know potentially a bit of snoring which can lead to sleep apnea which is then you know if you not breathing through the night that is a serious issue or if you're pausing through the night so i think now i think all of a sudden especially since covid hit <laughs> i just had this like oh my goodness everything that i've been learning over the past five years is like now is your time to go and teach everybody what you know because this is the stuff that is going to make the difference moving yeah, forward absolutely so what was the role as a hygienist because you're working alongside a dentist mm. so what and was still it do. yeah you still do what was so, so what was the role difference in that respect and perhaps before you went back to university what were you seeing also with young kids and and how young were 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 humans getting their teeth pulled out yeah i mean the, i think the youngest child i've taken the teeth out tooth out of is and it was a baby molar tooth so a bit a back one so so you have a set of baby teeth and adult teeth and, and the baby teeth um the reason that they just naturally fall out is because the roots of the tooth the teeth naturally resorb as the as the adult tooth comes comes up so all you're left is with the crown and it just naturally falls out so the roots are quite splayed like this so if you've got decay in a baby tooth here but the, the adult tooth is only here you know that's a hard tooth to take out of a four-year-old where it hasn't started to resorb so i remember i remember it vividly because when i came out of university i'd had very very little experience in extracting teeth um we'd done it under general anesthetic but not not many with the child awake which you know that it, that's the hardest part getting them numb and getting that that confidence so um i went to uganda to do a dental mission and it was like okay <laughs> i learned how to take teeth out <laughs> wow. uh, yeah it was just like extraction after extraction after extraction after extraction so, so what was happening over there yeah to, to be honest i mean you i think we 
as Westerners, we think, oh, you know, these people, they've got nothing. There's loads of poverty. They, they mm. don't have dental, dental care. But actually, these people have got everything. They've got community. They've got, they're living off the land. You know, they're, they're, they're happy because they haven't got everything. So they, they're not jealous of other people having everything because they, they know no different. So the, the, these people would come in for their treatment and their bone density was so amazing. They'd have all of their teeth and, um, you know, they might have one tooth that was decayed because they chew on sugar cane sure. quite a lot. So it's quite fibrous and it wears the teeth down. And they might have like one decayed tooth. Coca-Cola is making its way into Africa. Absolutely. And it's, but it's astonishing. It's and there's little education around it. I noticed it when I was in Cambodia. Yeah. The, the kids' lunchtime was, and I'm talking kids up to teenagers, is all they would do is eat sweets. Yeah. And, they, and it's very encouraged. And yeah. it's just like a part of the culture. And you can see that it's going to happen in Africa. But at the moment, it's, it's not. Because they just don't have those kind of... It's it's definitely Coca Cola. It's definitely the fizzy drink industry first. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, you would take you take the tooth out, do the do the aftercare. So we'd go around the villages, and then we'd go on um, islands and on Lake Victoria and set up our camps. And it was so humbling as well because some some people like a whole class of kids would like walk for a day because they knew we were going to be in that different region. Wow. And um, so Uganda's on the equator. So, you know, when the it's like night and day, like it literally happens over like in a, in a split second. So and you have to be out You're of there. You're going to say Yeah. Yeah. In a split second. So it's like, right, you need to be out of there. So this whole group of kids who'd walked to a different village to see us, they just stayed in this village overnight. They put them up and things and we went back the next day. And it was so humbling because they were so grateful. Like... No, no crying, no whinging, no nothing. Like, I remember this one time because I went as a dental nurse as well. Um, you know, this this little kid must have been about five. He just had like a little tear that ran down his face, but other than that, you know, nothing else. Um, so yeah, I I learned how to take teeth out in Africa, but it's it's funny actually because now I do what I do with um, with the world of um, airway health. Sure. So I trained in something called myofunctional therapy, which is neuromuscular retraining of the, the muscles of the tongue and the face and the airway. And it's really to, to really promote the growth of the cranium. So you've got that airway support moving forward. So in Africa, everyone's arches are wide. You've got all of the teeth in place. But look at the epidemic we've got of crowded over like crooked teeth that we've got now. And this is, you know, you know, mouth breathing. It doesn't allow the tongue to, to sit up in the roof of the mouth. We've got, um, you know, lots of undiagnosed tongue tie, which is changing the, the function of that swallow. Stress, anxiety, it changes the breath. So we've got all of these stresses on the body. Um, whereas in Africa, you know, everything is just developing as it should. And they don't have a lot of those external stresses, which, which would affect it. Yeah, it's a big... Um symptom <laughs> thing isn't it the, yeah. the the mouth and the breath and the more i've become aware of it because it has been been put out there by uh incredible amount of backing from science which will allow people to write books it's it's you know it's it's the funding that there's been for it uh, and looking into mouth breathing and dysfunctional dysfunctional you know 
respiratory mm. illness i guess it's um it's fascinating because it is one big thing we can look at and think okay this is clearly dysfunctional and it's a big symptom of something much mm. larger and it's not generally the it's a it's a, it's a symptom again and what would you say to 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 look at the kind of causes of things it because it because it, it for me it's like the breath is the breath is the symptom but there's something deeper going on mm. which you just alluded to it's stress it's perhaps poor diet mm. it's perhaps that we haven't got a connection to to healthy lifestyles whether that's food or whether that's being active or that whether that's moving around so all these things are probably more what we should be looking at and then going to get these doesn't get our teeth pulled out which is such a norm these days and you yeah. we talked about it the last last time we well the first time we met we spoke about taking out teeth and i'm like oh wow yeah it does take that little nugget of information to then you to wake up to the fact that we are just treating a symptom by mm. taking a, a, a tooth out mm. it's just like quick fixing yeah and is it getting to the root of the problem? Not really. No, no, absolutely. And I think... Excuse I the pun. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think what's happened, and especially, like, definitely over the last 20 years, I think things have evolved so quickly. There's been a lot of change. There's been yeah. a lot of change. Every, like mobile phones, you know, that forward head posture. Yeah. People are opening their yeah. mouths. The, the po- your posture, as you know, as a movement coach, your posture is incredibly important for the breath because you know if the head's over then the lungs are squashed but then if you've got structural issues that if the fascia is tight it's also gonna cause that forward head posture because that's the way it's developed so we need to kind of like look at things how how is something supposed to function why is it not functioning that way and can we actually you know reverse that and then teach it in the correct way Mm -hmm. so with regards to the myofunctional therapy we're teaching the tongue to you know we want it to sit up in into the palate we want it you know we want our lips to be closed and nasal breathing and a forward swallow at rest without actually thinking about it so this is not just a quick fix i'll come in and we'll do a little bit of this that and the other and this is neuromuscular reprogramming this is why it takes a year 18 months of dedicated you know small exercises which will then pass over into you know your lifestyle so as a nutritional therapist so as a nutritional therapist you know we always kind of are concentrating on the the mouth and you know telling people to slow down when they're eating but imagine if you're trying to eat and breathe through the mouth at the same time because you can't breathe through your nose you can't teach someone to slow down because they need to breathe so they either you know, eat really quickly <laughs> and get it down, or they'll have an aversion to foods that are chewier that will take longer to eat. And chewing is incredibly important because in in dentistry they use they use a law. It's called Wolf's Law, which dictates that bone will grow in the directional force that you put on it. So you have to chew for that stimulation of the bone. So for me now, it's like, oh, can you breathe through your nose? no yes okay that's the issue let's get your breathing through your nose first and foremost there's no point in doing my functional therapy if you literally cannot breathe through your nose so um you know send into ent if if needs be seeing if there's any polyps or um deviation in the septum um or if there's you know underlying allergies 
butyl breathing is quite effective. You know, the, the small breath holding exercises can really start to, to unblock the sinuses and clear the sinuses, and you can retrain your 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 breath quite nicely in conjunction with all of the other things like diet yeah. and stress levels. Well, the, talk to me about the butyl method because that was something that was brought in for, for, for specifically for asthma, wasn't it? That's uh, or, right. Or yeah. Like a, maybe a, a few different ailments i guess mm, like asthma hyperventilation anxiety um yes um so basically the a russian doctor um hopefully i'll get this right a russian doctor i think he just noticed that all of his all of like his patients who were really poorly were all over breathing and mouth breathing so he did lots of research in that area and came up with um this method really predominantly getting you back to to nasal breathing um and just there's a concentration on that nasal breathing because we produce a gas in our nose called nitric oxide, uh, which we store in our blood vessels as well. So when the body is um, is producing energy, so you've got your oxygen and your fuel, you know, and the body thing, when you're doing exercise, it thinks, oh, I need more oxygen. So what the body does, it releases nitric oxide. It's a vasodilator, so it opens the blood vessels so we can get more oxygenation around the body. Now, a lot of that gas is actually produced in the nose. Mm -hmm. And when they found the people who discovered that gas, I think it was like 1996, they got a Nobel Prize because it was that significant. And from that, they, the scientists took the premise of that gas and made GTN spray. So if you've got angina and you spray it under your tongue, it yeah. opens your... And also, isn't it one of the... It's in all kind of like um, statins and, and anything that opens your body up. Mm right to, for blood flow to for allow blood, blood flow, flow. Um, and in viagra also mm -hmm. i That's think right. it's in, in it, right. it, it caught it they've i don't know synthesized something that allows more nitric oxide to be produced yeah. to then open up your blood cells yeah. which is and fascinating it's fascinating and because it's antiviral it's antiparasitic it's anti you know it's anything it's 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 a brilliant gas but it's also a relaxant mm -hmm. as well so my functional therapy we want you to nasal breathe but as as the tongue is up in the palate, just behind the upper front teeth, that little bit of gum there, that's connected to your vagus nerve. So as your tongue is in situ, as your nasal breathing, it kicks in the parasympathetic nervous system. So actually we're just, we're, we're, we are designed to be in a certain way for a certain reason. So sometimes if I'm working with kids who are sucking their thumb, for example, they're trying to self-soothe. They, they, they're calming that nervous system by stimulating that, that, that incisive papilla. So we want to get the tongue up there instead. So we can get the, you know, the thumb out because it causes a dysfunctional swallow. And we want that tongue to do, be doing the job of, mm -hmm. of that thumb. Yeah, that's a fascinating insight because I think that has some, it could have something to do with, I know children have problems with weaning off the breast mm. when they're um when they're you know taking milk from the mother and it's like they get to the age two or three and it becomes more of a self-soothing mm. issue and they have to really consciously like, and when communication comes in like language they start talking and then kids uh, do what they do um and it comes harder and harder to wean children off yeah and that's fascinating because yeah the my brother was definitely a uh, a thumb sucker as mm. a kid and it was self-soothing but if he was breathing correctly perhaps that wouldn't have happened yeah because if his tongue's you know where it, it should it's, be. it's it's difficult because the tongue 
the tongue develops week 14 in utero so you're you're developing that you know and some you can actually see some kids have got their thumb in their mouth in the womb yeah, that's wow. crazy um but if that tongue can't get up there if the fascia's tight you know it's kind of like oh what else can i do what else can i do so it's kind of like your body will do anything to for that survival survival mechanism um so yeah if 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 those tight fascia lines are restricted then the body can't do what it wants to do so it will then adapt so for example some people whose tongue doesn't function properly they will miss out the crawling stage because they can't lift their head up effectively so the baby's like all right I know that I can't breathe when I do that, so I'm just going to I'm going to stay sat up and I'm going to adapt. But that we know that that crawling stage is really, you know, influential, which is why, you know, the bodywork side of things, the chiropractors, the osteopaths, it's such an integral part of what I do. You can't just do my functional therapy on its own. It's like, all right, we need a team to do this, and we are very privileged here in the northeast because there are some amazing practitioners uh, trained in in. In especially around that pediatric side of things so I'm very very lucky I've got like um, I know uh, like a midwife who does pediatric like private pediatric tongue ties so very mm -hmm. very um, I've got a dentist who you know does expansion orthodontics it's you know but it's not mainstream so you know when I'm at work I'm you know obviously sharing little nuggets of information about how important it is Absolutely. to breathe through the nose. Yeah. But then have that understanding that not everybody wants to do any like something about it. But there are until something goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but there are, you know, you can do so much. You can do so many little things. Mm -hmm. What's something that parents can kind of perhaps be aware of or start looking into in terms of their kids growing up you know really young and noticing perhaps some things that you know what, what are some things to kind of look out for well things I, th I think you should like we need to be aware of that screen time we need to be aware because that when that head is is low you will develop like that if it's if if you're going to do that like pretty much all of the day that is really really important yeah you remember when like um people used to walk like with books on their heads but actually, that makes total sense because, you know, you get that, <laughs> you get that posture right. Um, I think just also... Maybe not this can. <laughs> yeah. Just also being aware, like, just checking, like, having a little look every now and again. Are they breathing through the mouth? Um, it's a big one, isn't it? It is a big one. And, it, and obviously, when we're sleeping next to someone who, who is mouth breathing at night, it's quite evident if they're snoring. Mm. Sleep apnea is obviously obviously massive and normalized in our culture mm. and yeah it's, it's 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 such a big i mean breathing <laughs> since since i've started to kind of educate myself about it i can't help but note it the first thing whenever i meet someone <laughs> <laughs> and no judgment but the first thing when i meet someone or you know i'm walking past people it's, it's such a thing i tune into now and it and it's just fascinating, just as a, a life experiment, just to really be your own scientist and look at mm. people, how they hold their posture. Mm. How, how, you know, are they carrying extra weight? Like, what, what are some things that are different between humans and their breath? And it's fascinating. It and, is. and you'll pick up signs and yeah. understand more about health and what is perhaps beneficial to not 
by doing that and being your own research and going out there and, and just paying attention. It's yeah. being your awareness, isn't it? It's beautiful. And it's beautiful because the science, the science is so simple mm-hmm. and so beautiful. I think sometimes we try and find like everything that's wrong, but actually, you know, the, the simple things like the breath, yeah. sunlight, hydration, like they are the three biggies. Like, are we, are we doing that properly? No, we're, we're completely not doing that properly. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's kind of, um, you know, with the, with the parents, it's just like, you know, ho- having a little look, are they mouth breathing? And then implement some, even some tiny little exercise, like, like the bee exercise, the hum and bee. Because when you hum on the out breath, it vibrates your nasal passages, you produce more nitric oxide. Yeah, so no wonder it, No wonder it makes you feel better, it makes mm. you feel calm. Um, but the, for, for me, I like, to know, I like to know the ins and outs of why. And now I'm like, oh wow, okay. Now I know why. The science is there to back it up and it's, it's incredible. And it's needed, yeah, yeah, as well. And you know, especially because we're all wearing masks. We're all wearing masks. Everyone's like, the mouth's being pushed open or they, they, they're clipping that little metal bit over the nose. So it's occluding the nose. Um, lots of people have lost their sense of smell because of COVID. Yeah. So, you know, essential oils are really quite effective. So I just encourage my patients who've lost their sense of smell, just put a drop of essential oil in your mask and just really, you know, encourage your nose yeah. to start working again yeah. because it's that important. So something as simple as that can be really effective. Yeah, absolutely. And doing things, developing practices before you eat or, or as you walk around, the neighborhood starts just smelling things mm. and just tuning into different smells. I think that can do wonders for firstly getting your nose moving and getting it getting it kind of feeling and understanding the world. And I just think you benefit so much more from that. As you said, you you can relax into different states when you do breathe in certain ways. And there's so many different practices like food, food, like smelling your food before you eat, mm. like just really priming your system to get ready for digestion yeah. like look into the science if you want or just tune into just how it feels in, yeah. and then be mindfully in that experience do you know what i've started doing is looking over my shoulder i kind of combine it with a stretch so people don't think what is he doing <laughs> but looking over my shoulder one then two and then enjoying oh, nice. the I first like mouthful yeah, because yeah. it just settles me and i just feel if there's anything from our prehistoric existence mm. we're, we're looking to feel safe I'm looking mm-hmm. around the room just to see if there's anything there can I just be more relaxed mm. in this moment and it's it's funny because nobody's perfect and you know and it's actually quite ironic that as soon as I started studying functional medicine because once you once you study one thing you want to study everything and then you know with that studying and you know having this knowledge came a lot of stress came a lot of anxiety and and things changed in me my patterns changed my you know I was trying to answer more emails and you know missing my lunch and I was like whoa (laughs) what am I doing here I'm being thrust into this stressful state even though I'm trying to help more people it, it was actually taking its toll on me so I felt like I went through this really stressful time I felt feel like I had to go through it so I could you know relate to my patients but when your when your brain is trying to do a million things at once like you, your food you, your food you just you shovel it in or, or you try to read at the same time or you you eating on the cord. absolutely the thing you're trying to do is help people 
and you can't if you're not helping yourself and yeah. then it's cut this kind of instant spiral that you can get caught in and I definitely find that too I feel like my knowledge or my time is going to help people more so I want to do it more but in turn I'm not really giving the example of what I want to teach yeah. and especially and in our world of well, I know. well call it an industry call it, call it just lifestyle you want to be what you are talking about but it's hard and you it's know you've got to be realistic and be like well I'm you know I try my best but I'm not you know not yeah. perfect yeah. by any stretch of the imagination but you know if if I can you know I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself thinking oh my god I've got to fix all these people now I know what's going on and now I'm just like oh you know what I don't have to do everything yesterday you know I can start putting things together and supporting different people in different ways and even if it's just sitting with a patient and just talking to them and just asking them how they are and mm -hmm. you know that in itself you know you get that release from a patient and they just feel listened to and yeah. they feel understood and I think quite often a lot of people know what they should be doing with their food and this that and the other but they just want to be listened to mm -hmm. at the end of the day yeah Absolutely. I think, could we talk about what you mentioned about the Dr. ABC and combining that perhaps with some sort of, because like, I thought that was such a genuine, real life, simple, and I want to touch on also the mm. simplicity of these things, because it can seem overwhelming, mm. but the simplicity of perhaps... <laughs> The, the whole industry of your GPs, your doctors, your, the, your medical world and developing some kind of real life like Dr. ABC. Yeah, into for chronic. For, for, for chronic illness. For or chronic illness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically um, we had our medical emergencies training, mm -hmm. online training not long ago. And it just came it just came to me like, you know, we know exactly what to do in, emergen in an acute emergency so you know we look what where where is the danger we we look for a response in that patient then what do we do we open the airway we check if they're breathing mm -hmm. and then we check their circulation but why cannot we why can't we do this for chronic disease why cannot you know go to a gp or whoever it's like okay well what's happened what's changed when was it like where is yeah. this stress coming yeah, from? Yeah, where are these headaches coming from? What does that patient <laughs> look like? You know, are they pale? Have they got, you know, dark circles in their eyes? Are they not, you know, are they not listening to the conversation effectively? And then looking at, you know, when we put someone's airway, when when, when we know that person's not breathing or whatever, we, we put the airway back. Like, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it stops the yeah, tongue from... Yeah, you know, that's fundamental to, yeah, to, to being alive. To being alive. <laughs> Like the airway is the key to to everything, but it's structure as well as um, you know how how we're how we're breathing, and then you know checking their breathing. No one does that. So we go to school, we get our eyes checked, we we check our spelling, we check this, that, and the other, but no one checks the breath. Nobody checks that. But you know, in in um, in the east, this is this is a pr this is what they do first. They they sit and they do you know meditation and breath work. That is that is part and parcel of their teachings, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, and how how is this Dr. AB affecting your circulation? How is that 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 stressor on your life then having an effect on everything downstream? So it'd be quite a good little thing to do. Um, I think we just got to think about things simply. Like yeah, I think the simply. Have you heard of um, the Hungarian physicist, the Ignaz Semmelweis, who, it, like 1850s or something, mid 19th century. Uh, and he was the one who introduced hand washing. Okay. Oh, Have yes. Yeah. So this is when they, they didn't wash their hands. From yeah. The, the, no, from 100 the 150 years ago, yeah. no one, it wasn't common practice. I don't think anyone did it with any sort of intention. You might do it after food to get grease off your hands or something. But, you know, it was never the intention of spreading germs and disease yeah. through your hands, through touch. It just wasn't a thing. It was perhaps in the air or through a spell or like it was just... Not yeah. not commonplace that you could catch disease through the hands. So, in this certain hospital in in Hungary, um, there were doctors dealing with cadavers, mm. with corpses, and they were going to the next room to deliver babies. And in that process, the doc, the, well, the, the 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 kind of it was he the owner of the of the the practice? I'm not sure, but he essentially was witnessing so many deaths of babies. Of, of babies, newborn babies. This was just unheard of. And it's quite, and it was quite different to a lot of other neighbouring um, practices. And he was like, "Okay, something's going on here. Something's not quite right." And he tried a few things, but one thing that he found worked was introduce a wash station mm-hmm. in the room that the doctors would then go from dealing with corpses to then deliver babies. Very simple, and he found out that he reduced the mortality rate of infants, and then in turn went around trying to teach other doctors and physicians this practice um you know he hadn't uh, done any uh, peer-reviewed studies but he was just like come on <laughs> come this works yeah. please try this yeah. this is really important um just try it if it was he was just shunned because of the simplicity of it oh well lots of egos involved if if this was the case we it, 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 we would know it yeah you know it's, it, it is we, we would know this already so he was he was just 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 out outlanded essentially and um he he lost his job he suffered mental health issues he ended up in a mental institution and it wasn't until he passed away Mm. that his work wasn't recognized and look how insane we are on the uh on the approach to washing hands right now well i know you would be very proud now wouldn't you yeah he's your god surely but i know it's it is the simple things and i think the last time we chatted as well and i uh, for me i like that whole the whole falling pregnant and pregnancy and what like what we should be looking for like the the basics so um so when we germinate a seed i like looking to nature for things and how 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 simple it is but when we germinate a seed for germination you need three things you need warmth oxygen and water so you know warmth vitamin d uh sunshine um community love Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of things that could come under warmth oxygen you know are are women being asked how are you breathing how are you sleeping at night you know are you you waking up gasping for breath or things like that you know that is significant because you inevitably you are going to put you know there's going to be more stresses on on the lungs but you might put on weight and the tongue has a fatty component that that could be um contributing um and hydration like I I don't have children myself. I've never been pregnant, so I don't know what they what they're checking. But 
wouldn't it be beautiful to do like the wow campaign like the warmth oxygen water campaign where this is the basic stuff that pregnant or people who are trying to get pregnant are are being measured for yeah interesting and the people that are trying to get pregnant i only found out recently reading on the back of uh you know an alcohol bottle that should not be taken when pregnant or when trying to get pregnant i don't think that's common knowledge that people really you know it's kind of almost like (laughs) a way in for people (laughs) to feel more relaxed perhaps (laughs) to try and get pregnant but it's actually uh, you know it would make sense not to fuel yourself with a to a point you know um (laughs) poison (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny isn't it it is is. i think it is um but yeah back to the simplicity piece i think that that example is so important because it's almost like science never arrives it's almost like if we think we know something then we have to step back because we're not then open to other things. Mm. And I think we're seeing it now, the simplicity. Of course, masks work. Well, I haven't seen any that many. Well, I haven't seen any studies that say there's a clear difference mm. of um, infectious disease being passed on with or without masks. I've not seen it. And I think we need to just step back slightly and just think, OK, well, what don't we know and what do we know? because there's a, there's a big crossover there. Yeah. And the simplicity of how we think stuff feels or, of course, washing your hands, you know, it makes sense now because it's, it's, it's in our awareness, but how much are we doing it? Are we doing it too much? Mm. Like, it's, 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 all, it's, all, it's yeah. all involved. Uh, yeah, you could go down lots of rabbit holes that way. I think, especially with all of the... Um, like the alcohol gels and things like that, but hand like hand washing with soap mm-hmm. is the most effective. Mm-hmm. Is the most effective, and it, and you know this is coming back to the dental aspect of things. And I'm not a big fan of mouthwash. You know the clin- you know the the clinical evidence isn't really there. But you know if you're putting an antiseptic mouthwash in your mouth, you are killing some of the beneficial bacteria. Yeah, interesting. You know, and going back to the nitric oxide side of things, we need certain nitric, we need certain bacteria in the back of our mouth to make that conversion into nitric oxide. Yeah. So if you are constantly using these antibacterial mouthwashes and destroying your natural microbiome, that then has a, knock, a, a knock-on effect. So for my patients, I'm like, okay, this is not about killing bacteria. This is about getting the balance right, working out why those pathogenic bacteria want to survive in your environment and then working backwards so it's like if you if you have got sleep apnea and you you know you're hypoxic you're gonna breed the bacteria that live in a hypoxic environment it just makes sense to me this is how my logical brain works i'm like all right then so why why is that one surviving that one not surviving okay let's look at the whole picture mm-hmm. and try and make that environment just a nice environment for the good bacteria to live once we do that let's then you know take some probiotics and think right these are the good bacteria they will then now survive if you put a probiotic bacteria into a body that you know that would that it doesn't want to survive in it's not going to survive is it yeah you can put loads of probiotics in and is it going to work yeah, if the baseline for your gut is 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 almost um, 
Well, if you're putting things into your body for many years that have produced kind of a gut lining, which isn't mm. certainly healthy, then just filling yourself with supplements or probiotics. Yeah. And, com- and this comes back to stress as well, because that, you know, we can test for cortisol in the saliva. Cortisol is acidic, you know, and if you've got that acidic environment, it is going to have an effect on that gut wall. Um, so... I think, you know, mindset and positivity and, you know, that's hard as well. Like, I struggle with that. Like, I, so, like I have to really, really, you know, tell myself, like, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Because, you know, if someone someone says something that is opposite to what you've said, like, that's hard. You know, you've got, <laughs> you've got to grow some balls, haven't you? Yeah. So, you know, it's been a massive learning curve. And some days I'm like, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? I wish I didn't know this stuff. But then I'm like, come on, this you, you this is your purpose. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to bring to people. So, I, yeah, no, I have good days and bad days. But Yeah, I think I think that is could, could be summarised in just you being very humble in your knowledge and what you know and perhaps not... Li- okay to lean into stuff that might mean that you're not right in this regard Mm. and how that makes you feel and just being in the discomfort as oh Mm. I might have been teaching that this way okay well you know I'm just gonna face this now with integrity and not be too harsh on yourself yeah but I I think I think that makes for the the perfect functional hygienist (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's good like I feel so privileged I feel like you know uh, the gift of curiosity it's it's always about that curiosity because it leads you down the most amazing paths like it's like well why is that happening (laughs) i want to know why and then you're like whoa okay that now i can see all of these things now this is as if you like seeing from above it's like okay i get it i get that i get that i get that i get that so i'm just in that learning phase still um but just slowly trying to kind of like trying to work out a way of implementing it into mm-hmm. into my dental work but then also having my complementary therapy separate mm-hmm. so it doesn't you know cross lines it's like okay if you want to do that stuff let's do it over here if you want to carry on with the dental stuff then I do it in my in my dental practice so that having that space has been it's been amazing. A big weight off my mind thinking, oh, okay, now I can help these people because I have got the space to yeah. actually do it. Yeah, I'm so sure. So that's exciting. So could we t- talk through some practical, perhaps, takeaways that people could start implementing in their daily, day-to-day hygiene of, the, of their mouth or checking for things? One thing I've heard of and I don't do anymore is swill my mouth out after brushing my teeth. I it makes sense to me to brush my teeth you know spit out the residue and then just let let the 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 toothpaste which i use which is just there's some coconut oil in there there's some um charcoal activated charcoal that seems to be a good thing (laughs) just for just for general you know natural substance that can that can clean um and then there's probably a few other bits yeah but there's not too much more than that in my toothpaste well, I think as well, it's like, I think we're obsessed with like these products and going back to Africa, mm-hmm. they don't have toothpaste in the middle so of Africa. So what do Africa. they use in Africa? So they've got this special tray, I can't remember the name of it. Sugar and they cane. take it. No, it's not sugar cane. And they take a twig off this tree and they bite the end and, it's, and it frays, but yeah. the bits don't come off. Okay. So they use that as their toothbrush oh, wow. and then they chuck it. 
It's the most hygienic because they just get a new toothbrush every, every time they brush their teeth. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I went in 2010. We don't need, mo- <laughs> we don't need more people <laughs> killing killing the natural trees. Leafy <laughs> planting trees. Yeah, but the I've, I've I went in 2010 and I've still got I've still got the twig. Wow. And it's still just as it was. I'm gonna put a link to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's this incredible. Tree. Not heard about it. But yeah, I mean, that's they are all adjuncts because. Because we don't live off, the, look, we don't all live off the land. We do, you know, we do have acidic foods. We do have this. So all of the the products that are produced are there t- for added protection. Sure. So yeah, uh, you know, spitting, not rinsing. It just means it's going to absorb into the, into the to the teeth. Um, but for me, it's like you know, I when I when my patients come in, uh, before I even look in the mouth. They, I have a flip chart and I say, right, this is this is what's happening in your mouth. This is what we're doing. This is why your gums bleed. This is, you know, this is what's going to stop them. This is what's going to blah, 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 blah. Mm. And it takes, what, two minutes? And then the patient gets it. They understand what's going on because it's very simplistic. And then as I'm going around, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. So if you listen out for me, this is what, like... I'm going to note where the bleeding is. So you listen out where that, that is. So you know at home exactly where to go. Yeah, or if important. I'm measuring underneath the gums. You're not taking their power away, which is a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. And then if I'm measuring underneath the gums and the, and, the, and the gums are a bit deeper than what we'd like, I'm like, okay, if you hear it above this number, that's where we need to concentrate. So that you need to be listening to this. And then um, I, I get them and I show them how to brush in their mouth. I give them the mirror. This is what we're doing, getting them cleaning in between the teeth to take that inflammatory load down, basically, because when that bacteria colonize and they're not the bacteria that we specifically want, then, you know, those y- your immune system's drawn to that area because it wants to protect you. You, go, you know, gum disease, inflammation is your body's way of going, woo, I'm trying to protect you here. I'm not quite happy. So you've got to remove the bacterial source while fueling the immune system. It's got to be robust enough that it's got the nutrients that it needs each tooth in itself is an organ so it's supplied it's got a nerve and a blood supply which not many when when you think about it you're like all right that makes sense it is it's an organ but we're so obsessed with like thinking about the teeth from the outside and the way that i look at it like if you if you picture the tooth a tooth as a tree okay so you you feed that tree it comes from the ground you know you're fueling that so the 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 health of the soil that you know the hydration this that and the other that's going to produce the beautiful leaves on the beautiful flowers on the outside of course if there's acid rain from the outside it's going to you know damage everything but essentially it's the inside out of the tooth that's that's the most important absolutely yeah Yeah, and not isolating it and looking at it from just the tooth yeah and looking at the whole surroundings of it and, and what it's a part of yeah yeah Ooh. absolutely i Big. think that's <laughs> i think that's golden um and h- how what how would you go through this consultation how how long would you spend with the patient obviously it's all relative but it is all relative like so i work in a couple of dental practices um and you know it depends on what the patient needs mm-hmm. so if they don't have any I- issues if they've got bleeding below 10 percent um then you know then it's a maintenance c- clean and when you go and see your hygienist that's what it should be it should be maintenance but you know even more so now with covid i'm i'm very what's the word <laughs> 
I'm very encouraging for the patient to, to come back you know for that support if they need that support within a lesser time frame it's like okay your bleeding's at 80 percent i had a gentleman last week and you know he's in his 80s and when i seen him i was like you know you 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 you, your bleeding scores over 80 percent he's on lots of heart medication this that and the other and i explained to him the link between gum disease and heart disease and i noticed that his mouth was very dry and he was on quite a lot of medication so Wow. Like for him, he, he went home, he rang his doctor and just said, look, um, this is what my hygienist said. And she also said that I've got a dry mouth. So the doctor said, yeah, well, she is right with the link between heart disease. You've been on this medication, which for 20 years, that might be contributing to your dry mouth. Let's take you off that and see how, how you go. He came back within two weeks, I think it was. He got his bleeding score down to 20. And he said... I've all of a sudden got saliva in my mouth again. And then we've been doing some more specific treatment and his, and his bleeding scores down to 2. 2% from 80 and now he's got saliva in his mouth. Just because it's like, okay, we can do these little things here if, if the GP, you know, if the GP's willing to do it and now you have the education. Now you know that when you brush your teeth, it's going to bleed to start with until you get rid of that bacterial load. He's my best patient. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. What a story. I think the biggest takeaway would be, for me, that you're educating yeah, alongside of it. You're not just shutting up, yeah. opening your mouth, do what you got to do, and then I'll leave. It's like we, we as humans, it's really important for, if we want to get well, is to be eager, be curious, to learn. Yeah. And take on that information and then apply it. Because if, we, if we're not doing that, it's always going to result in, right, fix me and then I'll go. And, and you're, you, it's so disconnected yeah. because you're, you're, you're almost unconsciously going about your life expecting other people to fix you when you go wrong. Yeah. And it's, and it's so much more, more than that. It's so much more. And you know, people want to be empowered now. They do, I think yeah. more than, more than yeah. ever because of COVID... People are like, oh, okay, I need to do something here. And for me, again, I feel I feel just privileged that I've studied so hard and I've started to put the pieces of the puzzle together because now I'm like, oh, okay, I can look at someone's medical history even before they come in, and I, I can get I can have a sense of what's going on because I've got that you know I've got that knowledge. And for me, it's like my passion is these certain foods can actually, you know, support you in that way. So vitamin C, for example, you know, vitamin C, it's a biggie in the dental world because we know that, you know, kind of um, a lack in vitamin C can, you know, can contribute to, to gum disease. But for me, like with a smoker, I, I you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't tell smokers to stop smoking. I just say, you know, the ligament that connects your tooth to your bone is made of collagen, which is, you know, you need an abundance of vitamin C to make that collagen. As a smoker, you'll burn through 30% or above more vitamin C. Therefore, you know, if you're not ready to quit, just try and get more high vitamin C foods in your diet just to support you as much as you can. So it's kind of like giving them the knowledge but applying it into what's going on in the mouth, I think is really important. Yeah. And they might then perhaps realize it's so hard to get 
this vitamin C, mm-hmm. if I just quit smoking, then yeah. I'll have an abundance. Yeah, but it, you know, <laughs> and it's and it's just that once they start, because some of them don't even eat vegetables. Once they start eating vegetables, like oh, okay, I, I feel good here. <laughs> um, and it's and it's just, it's it's trying to be encouraging because some people don't want to listen, and that's fine. And it was hard at first because I was like, ah, oh my god, I've got all this knowledge now. I need to help everyone, but some people just did not want to hear it and I'm like okay then so now you know it's it's asking is it all right if or, or you know having those open questions or you yeah. know having a sense of because I can imagine if people come to you and they do have this impression that I'm just gonna come to you and you're gonna do your thing and I'm gonna walk away just better. because everyone's still like oh you're just going for a scale and polish that's that's you know that's what we've been brought up sure thinking and you know you know, NHS dentistry's probably reinforced that because it's just in out, in out, in out, in out, in out. But now it's like, okay, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I I, I want to take, you know, I want to support people on that on that journey to help them get better. And I, I work with you know a couple of really supportive teams now. Um, I mean, I've always worked with supportive teams, but it's like they, you know, they're very encouraging to me and what I do in that complimentary world as well which is really good um so we in one of my practices we're starting to do like saliva diagnostics so we are actually we know from research what back what pathogenic bacteria you know how are involved in gum disease so we can actually measure that in people's saliva like at the start of a treatment do the treatment at the end of a treatment um, and then hopefully I'll be kind of implementing diet and lifestyle but actually it's the basics that make the most that make the most difference like are you eating your seven vegetables a day are you drinking enough water and then once they start doing that it's like oh okay so actually you can support someone's nutrition but if it's in a if it's in a, a dental kind of treatment you know is that is that actually going to help them because they're doing it for a, like purposefully for for a reason uh, to see that inflammation come down and people love numbers people love the bleeding score because it's like ah oh, what was it last time what is it now and then because they they then know that that is their job to get rid of that inflammation that's their job that's not my job mm-hmm. my job is to teach and you know obviously it's to clean but I always say to my patients the most important part of my job is education and that's that's it if you can go away get rid of your inflammation then when you when i come to clean it doesn't hurt when you're trying to clean inflamed gums that's not nice but if they do their job and then come back it's like ah (laughs) this is this is cool yeah then they can really enjoy come to see you regularly have the teeth clean just like getting their hair done yeah (laughs) but it's like they've they've got to take responsibility Mm -hmm. absolutely but they've got to know what's going on so you know like i say the educational side is the most important part of my job hands down i'm looking forward to our consultation so i've not i'll confess live uh, i've not been to see the dentist in about 15 years <laughs> and that's, well, that's not like right. uh, i'm i'm proud of that i just i don't think i've had the much no, no. Yeah. <laughs> i i haven't had any pain i haven't had any issues with my gums mm. or teeth and yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what you yeah. think. <laughs> well, in my clinic, I don't do my dental stuff in my in my clinic here. That I do all my hands-on stuff here. So this is kind of like, um, oh, I've, I've trained in too many things. So basically, <laughs> I 
I do kind of hands-on work there. So I've got my massage bed. I'm a massage therapist as well. Um, and I do a bit of dental acupuncture and, you know, um, TMJ uh, release mm-hmm. work. But, so yeah. does that complement the, the hygiene or is it just the kind of yeah. something else that you're passionate about and into? Well, it does because, you know, I'm seeing the inflammation. So it's like, okay, well, why is it inflamed? Sure. Because if people are stressed and clenching their teeth and grinding their teeth, it's like, oh, well, why is that going on? Is there a sleep issue or is there a stress issue which will drive inflammation? Um, If they cannot open their mouth effectively, they cannot chew effectively. So that's going to affect everything as well. So it complements it, but it, it is separate to dentistry. So I just thought, okay just so it wasn't blurring the lines it's like i'm gonna do that here and i'm gonna do it here you know who knows maybe one day i'll have a dental hygiene suite <laughs> who knows where it's all blended together uh but i just need to practice in in my in my clinic room i'm just like practice 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 so i can get more information see especially with the myofunctional therapy side of things you know see what works see what doesn't work just invite people in to a safe space because if you if people have got poor sleep and poor nutrition and poor breathing they could often be quite anxious so you know a dental practice is not <laughs> if you're anxious a dental practice is not the the most like um serene place Inviting. so i just thought yeah so my room is very kind of like relaxed um as well so i just wanted it separate but yeah i'll see you in my clinic and then you'll have to come for your teeth done in my practice as well <laughs> Sounds good. All right, where can people find out more and listen to you more and then, yeah, follow you? Yeah, so dentally-wise, I work in Gateshead on a Wednesday at Durham Family Dental. That's in Lowfell. Um, I do see patients under direct access there as well, so you don't actually have to see the dentist. So if if someone's got their own dentist and wants some private hygiene, then they can come and see me for that. Um, And my other practice is in Darlington. So it's um, Middleton St. George Dental Practice. So I'm there on a Thursday and a Friday. And then on a Monday and a Tuesday, I am at Hot Pod Yoga in Whitley Bay. And I've got a clinic space there where I do all of my complementary therapies. So massage therapy, myofunctional therapy. I do work with a company with the myofunctional therapy because it is a long therapy. And, you know, it's integrated. I work within a team and they organize kind of my books and things like that so i do work with them but if anyone wants to reach out they can find me at the functional hygienist so that's my um instagram and facebook site and email caroline at the functional um my website's just going under a bit of um kind of like changing it up at the minute i've just got a new logo and things like that rebranding lovely um so hopefully there should be more content on there soon but yeah if anyone wants to reach out just um send me an email or catch me on my facebook or instagram page thank you very much for tuning in today please like and subscribe wherever you are getting your podcast head over to instagram shoot me a message body mind practice and i will get back to you anything you took from today or did not agree with perhaps didn't agree with me saying 
alcohol is to a point poison maybe you want to talk about that maybe not maybe you just want to turn your phone off and get some you time do some meditation get some movement in take a walk outside do all the things that make you feel good or maybe you would like to carry that conversation on and that's what I'm essentially alluding to so (laughs) thanks anyway appreciate you as always take care bye bye